Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 11 of Genesis chapter 5. And we're going to begin reading in verse 27. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And Lamach lived 180 and two years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work, and toil of our hands because of the ground which Jehovah hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah five hundred ninety and five years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were seven hundred seventy and seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And I'll stop reading there. Now, just to quickly acknowledge where we are in the biblical calendar of history, in verse 27, we read, All the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And, by the way, Methuselah is the oldest man that the Bible records. There is no one who lived longer then 969 years, not on the earth. And uh, he died in the year 5,241 from creation. As we're counting down, this is the Bible's calendar. And we started with Adam. And from Adam, we went to Shem. And Shem to Enos and, and then Canaan and then Mahalalil, and Mahalalil to Jared, and and Jared to Enoch, and Enoch to Methuselah. Methuselah, again, after 969 years, died 5,241 years from the creation, which, when we relate it to our calendar, would have been the year 57 72 B.C. And the year Methuselah died was the year that Lamech was born. That's how God established the calendar after the early generations from Adam to Shem to Enos. Then uh, from that point, it was when one biblical calendar reference patriarch dies the next is born the same year. So it would be end to end. And God has continued with that method for a few generations now, up until Lamech. Lamech, again, is born 5,241 years from the creation. And then it says in verse 28, And Lamech lived a hundred eighty and two years and begat a son. So with uh, 5,241 
years from creation, we add 182, and we get 5,423 years from the creation of the world. 5,423 years, which, if we were to relate it to our current calendar, would be the year 5590. The year 5590 is 182 years of Lamech. But then it says in verse 29 here in Genesis 5, And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which Jehovah hath cursed. So when Lamech was 182, he begat a son. And yet, one of the principles we learn concerning this biblical calendar is if a son is begotten, and the clue phrase, kara shem, is used, that is, the, the father calls his name, as Lama called his name Noah, then uh, it's it's as though God is informing us this is an immediate father-to-son relationship. Lamach was the immediate father of Noah. And, and that changes things. Now God is going back, as he did early on, from Adam to Shem, Shem to Enos. Now God is going from Lamach to Noah, immediate father-to-son. And that will continue after the flood with Shem, as Shem is the immediate son of Noah, and he will be the biblical calendar reference patriarch for his days after the flood. And God is not making it easy, that's for certain, or making it easy for someone to follow what he's doing with the biblical calendar. He he is certainly concealing it well through the use of these various changes. Yet, when when someone carefully goes through it, and by God's grace, he permitted Mr. Camping to do this with the book Adam Wynn several decades ago, then you can see how it does work out and how it all fits together. And and so uh, Lamach at age 182 has a son and he calls his name Noah and this is the year 5590 BC. And again, it's the 5423rd year from creation. So here at this point, because we know that the flood began in Noah's 600th year, and uh, now as he's born in the year 5590 B.C., um, he he will become the individual that, that the Lord attaches the calendar to from the point of his birth. Lamach, after the 182 years, is no longer the calendar reference. Noah, upon the year of his birth, becomes the calendar reference patriarch. So since we know that the flood occurred in Noah's 600th year, 
Well, if he's born in the year 5590 BC, according to the uh, working out of of history as we've gone down through the calendar patriarchs, then what would 600 years later be? Just as an early check on on our calendar to see if we're on course or maybe we're off track a little bit. When when we do that, we minus 600 from 5590. We come to the year 4990 BC as the year of the flood. And that's exactly the year that we have been understanding. It's, it's the year we've been using for some time. And, and now we can see why that is because it works out when you carefully and, and, and go verse by verse and, and, uh, follow the clue phrases and, and all the information that God gives us concerning the calendar. Yes, the flood occurred in the year 4990 BC. Now we also know the year Noah was born, 5590 BC, was the year 5423 years from creation. So if we add 600 years to that total, What's the number we come to? The number 5423 plus 600 equals 6,023 years from the creation. And that number, 6,023 years from the creation, or that year, would agree with 4990 B.C. So we see, as we've been saying this, and this has been uh, shared often, that the flood occurred in the year 4990 B.C., 6,023 years from the creation. You see why it is we say that? Because that's the math. That That is the calculation as you follow the Bible from the creation of Adam to his 130th year, and then following that, Seth's period of 105 years, and, and in the year 235, Enos begins to be the calendar reference patriarch, and so forth. All the way down, step by step, generation by generation. Uh, remember Enoch, it says in Jude, was the seventh from Adam. He's the seventh generation. And following Enoch was Methuselah, the eighth generation, then Lamach, and his 182 years was the ninth generation, and Lamach again had a son. He called his name Noah, the tenth generation. The tenth generation from Adam, the tenth individual that God has attached time to, the keeping track of time, the recording of history by a biblical calendar. Noah is the tenth man that God has done this with, and he will be the last man for the Old Testament side or for the um, pre-flood, anti-diluvian as some theologians refer to it, Noah is the 10th calendar reference patriarch, and 10 
in the Bible points to completeness because he will fill up the time prior to the flood for the first world. God gave space for the first world to develop and then uh, he saw the sinfulness of mankind and he came in judgment and it was done really as an illustration for uh, us today and, and for the over seven and a half billion people currently alive and living on the earth in the world at the end of history God demonstrated, he he displayed his power, his might, and his ability to destroy everything with the breath of life and to do it according to a timetable, according to a very specific and certain timetable, the 10th generation, which um, this this individual in his 600th year, which was the 6,023rd year from creation, he would be the one that God would use as a deliverer of really his only his family of eight souls, counting himself. And he would be the one to carry on the generations of man after the flood. Life would continue Mankind created in the image of God would continue through Noah and his sons after the flood, but but God first uh, brought the world, the earth, the, the whole generations of men that lived upon the earth to its complete fulfillment and then destroyed them. You know, the Bible does speak of the tenth generation in the sense of a complete destruction in Deuteronomy 23 in verse 2 a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of Jehovah even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of Jehovah an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of Jehovah even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of Jehovah forever. It, it points to the completeness of God's wrath, the completeness of, of being punished, where, of course, the bastard and the Ammonite and Moabite are just figures God is using to refer to the sinner that has offended him, to the rebel that uh, he has decreed uh, shall die in his sin, and and shall be destroyed forevermore and never enter into the kingdom of heaven. And, and so, to illustrate that, he speaks of these people not being able to enter into the congregation of the Lord unto the tenth generation. Ten generations points to the completeness of what's in view, and in this case, the first earth. It says in Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, And spared not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. God spared not 
the old world. And, and in making that statement, he's indicating that the world after the flood is as though it's a new world. It, it's a second world. In Second Peter chapter 3, uh, we read in Second Peter 3, beginning in verse 5, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. The world that then was perished. That world died, as far as God's concerned, when he brought the flood upon it. They had their opportunity. They lived their lives. But as we'll read in the next couple of chapters, God looked down from heaven and saw that there was evil continually within the hearts of men. And so he determined to destroy the world with a flood. And and so that's, again, a picture. It's a historical parable, a historical illustration designed to teach us. You know, when we read in the Bible uh, how God destroyed the whole world with a flood, we we have to realize that the whole world, the whole population of that time, was no more than a handful of million of people. Just like when God would destroy the cities of the plain, Sodom, Gomorrah, uh, Adma, and Zeboam, four cities of the plain. There was probably several thousand, perhaps a few ten thousand people. And, and yet God records it, and it's a major biblical event because it is uh, really an example to us today. And God, again, permitted the world to develop, um, to populate to some degree, a handful of million in the days leading up to the flood. And, and we wonder, why would he do it? Why allow the world to progress to that point and then destroy it only after the flood to start it anew. And, and then Noah and his sons and their wives became like the, the new Adam and the new Eve. And, and God once again had to slowly, carefully populate the earth. Well, God did it to teach a lesson, to show the world, to again illustrate, to paint the picture that uh, okay, you can live for a time, you can live for a long time. Again, leading up to the flood was 6,023 years from creation. Yes, you can live in rebellion, and and you can think that God is uh, not going to do anything about your sinfulness, that God will not act, that it's your world and, and you'll live your life as you please. You, you can go your own way. You, you can, you can do what you want to do. You can have that idea, but, but God showed and, and he demonstrated 
that this will be the result. This is what happens, what must happen, when mankind has sinned against him. That that God's judgment, his justice, requires judgment, it requires uh, satisfaction, and, and so the the wrath of God was kindled upon man for his sin, and God would pour out his wrath in the form of a cataclysmic flood that would destroy the whole earth. And, and so God will again, yes, use thousands of years of history and use... Uh, everything we've read so far and will read into the next couple of chapters to make that point. And, you know, here we stand and we see the world around us and, and we see the constant evil, the constant evil that is going on practically everywhere and, and anywhere that you would look. There, there is no question about it that the degree of iniquity that the world is involved with is unparalleled in all history. And certainly there is no comparison to the time before the flood. And, and God will talk about the sin of man and, and, uh, the evil that was going on at that time. But, you know, as we look back at those days from our vantage point of living in this wicked time, this evil generation, the most evil generation that has ever uh, walked upon the face of the earth, and we look back and and we see the things that were happening then as as God speaks of them, we think, well, it doesn't seem like they were all that bad, all that terrible. And, and actually, uh, some of us might want to go back and live in those days, uh, just just for a little relief from uh, what's going on today. But again, again, man's sin at any time in history is terrible, and it's awful and ugly before God. And so God simply illustrated this is what will happen. And we can be sure that if God destroyed the first world because of their sin, there was no other reason that he destroyed it. That's the reason that he gives. If God destroyed them because of their sin, then what's he going to do with our present world, with his uh, this generation that's upon the face of the earth at this time. And, and the answer is obvious. He will likewise destroy it. There is uh, no other answer. It is what will happen. It's certain to happen. And if you doubt it, read what God did to the world of Noah's day when he brought the flood. And the reason he brought the flood. And, and then just, just look and compare. And we'll, we'll certainly see that God will act. But 
we'll also see that he acts very precisely in his own time and according to his own season. He, he does not act out of wrath unless it fits and agrees with his timeline. And, and once the time approaches, once the time comes, then he will pour out his wrath. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.